Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is section final week in girls hockey here in the state of Minnesota. State tournament starts next Wednesday and Thursday at the X in St. Paul. It'll be, of course, the 1A on Wednesday and the uh, 2A on Thursday. Dinah, the defending state champ in a 2A. Andover won the title two years ago. They're among the favorites in 2A this year. We already have a final in uh, Section 1A. Albert Lee beat Austin 7-2. Albert Lee headed to state. There are uh, other section finals tonight. Section 5A. Orono and the Holy Angels, they're still playing. Orono leads it 4-1. to one. They're well on their way. A big one, defending state runner-up Andover in Section 7AA, taking on Elk River Zimmerman at Fogarty in Blaine tonight. Uh, section 4AA over at Aldrich, Gentry Academy, the number one seed against Hill Murray. We have uh, the Section 8AA championship uh, Brainerd Little Falls taking on Moorhead in Fergus Falls tonight. 1AA, Northfield and Lakeville South. That game uh, probably just through one period of play. We haven't seen a score. And uh, if we get some more scores before we say goodnight, we'll pass it along to you. I can't remember on Wednesday night if we had any uh, section champions crowned around the state. Yeah, we did in 3AA. Uh, it was Burnsville beating Rosemont 6-2. to two. So uh, Burnsville uh, punches their ticket to the state tournament. Then up in Section 7A, Proctor-Hermantown shut out Duluth-Marshall 3-0. There was one other high school sports story, and I don't know if you've seen the video, of that uh, Duluth-Denfeld-Duluth-East hockey game. And they had it at the Star Tribune website. And I don't see it lately. Um, But anyway, there was an incident where a kid from Duluth East cross-checked and then attacked a player from Denfeld. Denfeld got a win in this rivalry for the first time in a long time, and there's been a lot of drama in Duluth High School hockey with Mike Randolph exiting at Duluth East, and now Duluth Denfeld is the power, and Duluth East is really struggling, and they had a rivalry game, and there was a really ugly incident. And they had the video at the Star Tribune website, and, and you got to check it out because the kid's in hot water. Uh, for the assault, because this is one of the, where it just wasn't a cross-check or one hit. It was a repeated uh, blows to the head of the opposing player. Uh, so if you get a chance to check that out, uh, but an ugly incident. And now uh, 
Duluth school officials are addressing that, and we'll we'll see what kind of ultimate punishment is uh, handed out in the wake of that. He was kicked out of the game, but we we don't know ultimately what's going to happen beyond that. So so if you get a chance to track down that video, I would take a look. But it it was a bad boys hockey season. Uh, heading down to the end of the regular season. They'll move into section play uh, very shortly. And, of course, uh, girls and boys hoops uh, still have some time to go in their regular season. But uh, as promised, we'll keep an eye on that scoreboard and see if we get any more finals. Uh, Once again, uh, the girls uh, punching their tickets to the state tournaments. And I would say Andover number one and unbeaten going into their section final tonight. I think Edina was still number two. Minnetonka was in the mix. Uh, should be a good state tournament. I will say this. The last two years in those championship games, uh, Andover beat Edina a couple of years ago, was best girls hockey game I've ever seen. And I happened to have a chance to call it here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. It was absolutely terrific. And then they played another whale of a game a year ago and he didn't happen to win that. But uh, some, some great players in the state, and they'll get uh, their moment in the sun next week in St. Paul. Semifinals and championship games will be on Channel 45, as always. One of the things uh, we wanted to talk about uh, tonight is this push for sports gambling here in the state of Minnesota. And when it comes to sports gambling... I've never been, I I have gambled, and I, and I do like sports. I'm not necessarily a big gambler on sports. But the one thing we've seen ever since that Supreme Court decision that allowed other states other than Nevada to have sports gambling, it has spread. And at the moment, Minnesota is an island here in the upper Midwest where uh, sports gambling bills have been passed and are being put into effect. And uh, ultimately, it'll be regulated, and the state will generate uh, some revenue from it. And uh, we are pleased to be joined by uh, a senator that uh, certainly uh, has sponsored a bill in the state legislature. And we'd like to uh, welcome him to the program tonight. And that is uh, Senator Roger Chamberlain. Uh, from Lionel Lakes, a Republican. Senator, good to visit with you tonight. Good evening. Good to be on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for the time. And uh, Minnesota is an island uh, when it comes to sports wagering. Uh, a lot of states, over 30 states, in, in some way, shape, or form, have, have legalized sports gambling. Do you think now is the time for Minnesota to get on board? Well, yes, Um Absolutely. You know, I'd I'd like to start these conversations by quickly uh, recognizing that this started, as you mentioned, back in May of 18 when the Supreme Court had the ruling. In uh, January 2019, we got this going. Senator uh, Representative Pat Garofalo kind of got it kicked off, and I worked with him. He's a bit of a mentor. So, yes, we've been – we believe it's time – We've been working on it for three years. There were some delays because of pandemics and other issues and last year budgets, but 
there's momentum now. The House is uh, a member of the House has picked it up. We have bipartisan ch- chatter in the Senate, and I've been told by directly and indirectly by very reliable sources that they want to get something done this year. So yes, it's time, and we're going to have a proposal maybe next week with some new language to uh, to add into the existing bill. Yeah, and Senator Chamberlain, uh, bipartisan support isn't something we hear very often, but uh, we, we, here we go when it when it comes to sports gambling, and, and ultimately that that is a good thing. You, it, with with yeah. any bill or any legislation, you'd ideally yeah. like bipartisan support. Right, right. Well, you know, it's it's like beer and it's like booze and <laughs> booze and gambling, I suppose. Right. And sports get some bipartisan support across the board. So yes, it uh, it, it will be there. Um, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of interests to take in consideration. So it's not easy. It still won't be easy, but uh, there is momentum, and I believe we'll have a have something that can we we can negotiate. You know, we want to protect the interests of the tribes. We've always said that from the beginning. We get it. We want to protect the interests interest of the tribes. These proposals, this proposal, is good for will be good for tribes. Will be good for tracks. And most of all, it'll be good for the consumers because the consumers need a good product too that's affordable. Uh, so you know, it's entertainment. They need a good product, and and that's what we're going to aim to do. But and we got a lot of people to to, to satisfy in this. So it, it's still not easy, but we can get it done. Uh, where there's will, there's a way, right? Yeah, Senator Chamberlain joining us. There is with any gambling proposal that there is opposition, and there's sure to be those who will will step up and oppose this. Any expansion of gambling is not a good thing, and there'll be discussions of the social costs. Typically, we've seen though these bills include some sort of mechanism to help with 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 gambling addiction or or other concerns that come out of that expansion. Right. Right. Well, you know, there is going to be, we would take some of the money from either licenses or the revenue from taxing the online transactions. Um, that would go towards Gamblers Anonymous. But uh, as was mentioned earlier, um, yesterday was um, the idea that in these applications, there are some things in the online applications that will help slow things down and be a check on uh, you know the gambling. You know, if you go to a, if you go do poll tabs, you know there you've seen the the, 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 the the you've seen it where people will just keep pulling them out and pulling them out. Well, you have online or mobile betting. There's kind of a break and a stop to some of that. Will that stop everything? No, but it will help a little bit. So there are some measures that can be put in place, as well as the Gamblers Anonymous that will uh, put money towards. You, you, you talked about uh, the the interest of protecting the tribes and uh, mm-hmm. the, their compact with the state of Minnesota in, in gambling. What, what would this bill look like? How would the state and the tribes work together as partners in this venture? Well, ideally what we'd have to get competition and to have good product and availability for for the, uh, for the consumers, we're looking at, Brick-and-mortar tribe and two tribes. If 11 tribes want to have it, they can have brick-and-mortar. Then we can have the brick-and-mortar for two tracks. There's economics, economies to scale here, so you got to have 
some other things with it as well. Uh, the, uh, there are some tribal uh, casinos and tribes that are too small to really uh, do a lot, but uh, we can have it available and the tribes can work things out amongst themselves as they do. So uh, brick and mortar, both places, tribes and two tracks. Be, be some mobile licenses available. Wouldn't be unlimited mobile licenses. Um, and then we would be able to, they'd be able to maybe sublet licenses. And then uh, we would have licensing fees and hopefully get some um, money to purses for the tracks. And there might be some other things in there that would uh, work out for the track and for the tribes. So the tribes, if the tribes want to uh, have brick and mortar sports wagering governed by federal law, they would have, we would have to write a new compact probably in addition to the one that's already, already in existence. And, um, we would have licenses for the two tracks that are outside of the tribal lands. And then the, and then the mobile piece that ends up being outside of tribal lands. So that's something the state would control as well, but the tribes would get revenue off of that. So if that makes sense, brick and mortar online and uh, mobile uh, options available for consumers. That means you'd have different uh, people running the sports books and you'd have different odds and uh, money lines. So that, and that's important. Have uh, you had discussions? Have, have the tribes been, been brought into this to get their, their feedback on the proposal? How, how much involvement has there been there? Uh, there has mostly indirectly. I have had a few side conversations with tribal leaders, um, uh, representatives, um, and we understand they they keep things close to the vest. So, so we uh, we do what we can to get information to and from directly and indirectly, but um, uh, we do have communication with them. And I I talk to all the other interested parties, right vendors. Data people who uh, or companies who run the data, the, the uh, local professional teams, not so much the amateur teams just yet, but they have the same issues and concerns. A lot of people out there, a lot of moving parts, um, a lot of people to talk to, um, including our legislative members to to uh, give them comfort in different areas so we can move this forward. So the short answer is yes, we've had conversations directly and indirectly with the tribes and with all the other uh, numerous parties involved. Is there a, a, a law that's been passed somewhere around the country that Minnesota uh, is is going to take a look at or, or try to model what they do here? Uh, since there's you know, no reason to invent the wheel if a lot of other states have already gone down and are starting to learn how this works, what works, what doesn't work, is there maybe a blueprint from somewhere else that Minnesota could look to? Well, that's a good question, and the answer is yes. We now have a lot, I think 30 states, more than 30 states, uh, have this up and running, including our neighboring states. So, yes, there are. Now, every state is different. We have, you know, with, with how uh, uh, Native tribes and, and uh, the states and the citizens review it, Michigan has similar tribes, tribal setup, but their compact was different. 
They have on tri- on on tribal lands, off tribal lands, and I think they have some sure. public, you know, uh, private, off tribal land uh, casinos. So every state's a little bit different. Uh, Iowa does not have the same constraints, so it was easier. So there are models of how you do this, how you work mobile, who uh, who who has the experience to to run the contracts, and how it should be set up. So everybody's a little bit different. But, yes, it's, uh, there are models out there. And we anticipate because of that, it might be fall of 23. If we get this done this year and signed by the governor, it would be fall of 23. I would imagine we could do it. You know, a lot, there's a lot of variables there, but I believe we could do it by then. If we can get it through the House and Senate. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned bipartisan support, uh, Republican DFL uh, on board on this. Uh, ultimately, what have you heard from Governor Walls? Would he sign a bill that comes to his task? Well, Governor Walls has always said that if the tribes agree, he'll he'll agree to something. He'll he'll sign something if the tribes agree, and that's been his his position. I I won't take it any further than that, um, but. Uh, we need to have, you know, the two tracks somehow involved that has to be viable. And I believe to that end, we can get tracks and tribes to agree to something that works for them and most importantly for, uh, like I said, the consumers. So that's, that's what Governor Waltz has said. He's signed something with the tribes agree. And I've always believed that we could get to an agreement. There's a, if there's a problem, there's always a solution. Some solutions are easy. Some are more complicated. But I've always believed from the first day we got this bill out, 2019, started addressing this, that um, it can be done. <laughs> this isn't, I mean, it's hard, but we're not flying to the moon here, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're not calculating orbits and, and uh, gravity fields. We're, we're just trying to uh, satisfy uh, some parties and make sure their, their financial interests uh, are, are taken care of. And that can well, be done. That can be done. Right. Well, Senator Chamberlain, good to visit with you tonight. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, certainly it's piqued a lot of interest. And uh, we'd love to visit again in the future. Anytime, sir. Thank you very much. You have a great night. And we'll talk to you later, maybe. Thank you. Yes. Senator Roger Chamberlain, a Republican representing District 38. He is from Lionel Lakes. There you go. We'll come back. We'll, we'll talk more about it. What do you think? Legalized sports gambling here in Minnesota? That's in a moment. Here at News Talk. E3LWCCO. Sports gambling in Minnesota. I, I put it up there with Sunday liquor sales. Um, why is this taking so long? Why, why are we always last at this sort of... I mean, 33 or whatever it is, over 30 other states have done it. Now, there's, mm-hmm. there's some like Utah and California and Texas and Oklahoma. I looked at the map. Iowa's done this. Wisconsin's done this. I, I just don't understand. People, I mean, if, you know, people go to uh, what's, uh, what's that, just outside Mason City. Is that uh, Diamond Joe's off of 35? Yeah. That's, yeah I, da, I've yeah, been by it. Yeah, see, yeah, I mean, if people go there – People are going to go across the border, yeah, to, to get their booze, to get their fireworks, to to do their gambling. I I used to make uh, make a run for the border uh, when when the drinking age was lower in uh, Wisconsin, uh, way, uh, way, back way, in the day. way back way back in the day. 
but my my point being yeah. is this: what is taking so long? There's safeguards. People are doing it anyway. There, there's all this sketchy offshore stuff going on, mm-hmm. and I'm not condoning that. And I'm not a big sports gambler. I like sports, and I have gambled, but I'm just not a big gambling type. I guess it 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 doesn't do much for me. But it was like the old Sunday off sale liquor sales argument. It's like, are you, you serious? It, it took it's, us yeah, that it, long to give people the right to go buy a bottle of booze on a Sunday? It's, it's a big deal. It's old and it's antiquated. And if you look at where everything is heading, sports gambling can become a huge revenue generator. I, I mean, I cannot stress enough how much money this state could make off of, uh, off of legalized sports gambling. You, you tax it. Yes, you, you give some back to addiction resources and oh, you, know, sure. you, you yeah. absolutely do. But you can take some of that and you can use it for schools. You can use it for roads. You can use it for a lot of infrastructure. There are so many different ways that you can utilize this for good, for positive. Because those that are gambling, Steve, I, I'm a sports gambler. But at the end of the day, I do it responsibly. It's, it's just like anything, right? I mean, whether it's tobacco or it's alcohol or sure. sex or whatever. I mean, people are going to abuse certain things. You cannot prevent people from abusing whatever their vices are because people are going to do it. Why not get the revenue that it generates and use that taxable revenue for good? Yeah, and I, I will say this. I, I think that they're, the genie's out of the bottle anyway. So there's offshore, there there's sites that you can do certain things when it comes to sports wagering, and I don't know how safe it is and how secure it is. It, if it is one of those things where it's, at least it's regulated, that that's where I get into. I, I'm not going to gamble on sports more because it's legal. I'm not going to gamble on sports less because it's legal. It just gets to the point where people want it. There's demand. If it can create revenue, it can be in a regulated environment. That's that's where I get on board. And once again, I think they, they've got bipartisan agreement. They've got to work with, with the tribes and uh, the, the Native American gaming and if they can get that right and send it to the governor and get it set up and get this thing started in 2023, it just sounds like the momentum is there and it's going to happen. Um, we're going to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little golf. Ron Syrak is going to join us, uh, legendary golf journalist, and we're going to talk PGA Tour. But we're going to also talk about uh, the Saudis potentially funding a super tour. Could it involve Phil Mickelson? Could it involve other big stars? We'll see about that. We'll get Ron's thoughts on that story. And uh, Riviera Country Club, the site of this week's PGA Tour Stop, the Genesis Invitational, in a moment, here on News Talk. E3LWCCO. Kevin O'Connell, new Viking coach. We talked a lot about that earlier in the program. Timberwolves in the All-Star break. The Wild licking their wounds after getting blown out. By the Winnipeg Jets again, second time here, uh, coming out of the All Star break, losing to their arch rivals from north of the border. Golden Gopher men get beat in a rare matinee on a weekday at Penn State. Uh, right now, we're going to talk golf. Ron Syrak joins us, and 
Ron's an author, PGA Lifetime Achievement Award winner, uh, LPGA Media Excellence Award winner, and uh, good enough to join us from time to time. Ron, I hope all is well. Everything's going good. It's uh, it, it's nice that we're we're uh, easing our way into golf season uh, up here in the northern climes. <laughs> yeah, we're not even easing. We're we're. It feels like we're a long way away. We have three degrees. It's windy. We have snow on the way. Uh, blizzard conditions up in uh, northern Minnesota and eastern North Dakota. <laughs> uh, golf season feels a mile away. But the good news is this weekend. I, I can tune in and watch the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club. I can dream. That's that's a great, great golf course. It's a fun golf course to yeah. watch, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, and, it, and I love this swing, and I've talked about it on the PGA Tour, the West Coast Swing, because you get to see Torrey Pines, you, you get to see Pebble Beach and the other two courses, but the, the focus is on Pebble Beach. And then I, I just love this week at Riviera because – it, it, it's such an old-school golf course where there's a premium on accuracy. The greens are tiny. It's it's a fun week. Yeah, it's a second-shot golf course. you really got to be able, on with your irons. And, and you know, the uh, um, drivable par fours have become quite the rage in pro golf now, and uh, Riviera had one of the first ones. Number 10 there is one of the great drivable par fours in, in, on the whole tour. Yeah, and it's been around for a long, long time, and it's really stood up. Now, Joaquin Neiman went low, eight under par today. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth uh, in a group at five under par as well. But in general, Riviera's been able to hold up. Colonial's another one in Fort Worth that, that has generally been able to hold up over the years. Yeah, you know, and uh, oh boy, I bet about 15 years ago at Golf World Magazine, we pulled PGA Tour players, and we asked them anonymously to rate every golf course on tour. Eighty-eight players responded, which is a pretty good representative number. And one of the things that was really fun was that traditional old-style golf courses like Colonial, like Riviera, like Harbortown um, um, were all in the top ten. You know, the players love those old-style golf courses that don't have to be 7,700 yards long but really require strategy and, and, and precise iron play. Yeah, Pebble Beach comes to mind yep. as well, uh, and how beautifully that that held up. And the weather was spectacular at Pebble Beach. And like I say, for, for someone from the Midwest or, or out east, they can only dream about uh, a day like that. Well, I'll make you feel bad and tell you that here on Cape Cod, I played golf today. So. Oh, how about that? Well, good for you. It got yeah, up to 50 you. degrees today. So. <laughs> that, 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 that's more than ample. Um, <laughs> I, in high school, we, we played our golf in the spring, and there were uh, many a practice round or, or even a match when uh, there, there were snowflakes in the skies of Minnesota when I was playing high school golf. And that, that, that's, that's a tradition. You better, you better have your mittens uh, between shots uh, to, to get out there and play in the spring. Ron, I also wanted to get your thoughts, and, and this is controversial. It's, it's not new, but it really seems to be coming to a boiling point. And this is a Saudi-sponsored Super Tour, if you will, Finn Mickelson's been at the forefront. He said some things about the PGA Tour, and they're not being fair to players. This has the potential to be a really big deal. Yeah, you know, we've sort of been down this road before. In 1995, Greg Norman got behind a deal and uh, had a TV partner in it, and 
they were going to do the same thing. They were going to lure top players away, have small, limited field events, 40 players playing, you know, for $20 million and, and, and uh, no cut, so you're guaranteed money, provide the players expense money. Uh, and it didn't get off the ground because ultimately the PGA Tour had too many cards to play. And I feel the same thing's going to happen this time around. Um, with all due respect to Phil Mickelson, uh, who did win the PGA Championship last year, but he's, he's going to be 52 years old this year. And um, the players who are showing the most interest in the Saudi Tour right now are players whose careers are mostly in their rearview mirror. Um, I'm seeing Lee Westwood's name out there, Ian Poulter, uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, but if you look, Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, uh, uh, those guys talking like they're not all that interested. Uh, I think they're just happy um, with what the PGA Tour has done for them. And, and, boy, the PGA Tour has done a lot. You know, 25 years ago, Tiger Woods' first full year on tour, he led the tour in prize money by winning $2 million. This year, the winner of the Players' Championship alone will get $3.6 million. So the, the tour has done a very, very good job of growing purses for, the, for the, its players. And, and the tour gives tremendous opportunity, but also has, does a lot for charity. I think some of Phil's comments were he, he made it sound like, you know, the players are really getting the raw end of the deal and so on and so forth. But ultimately the PGA Tour is you earn your way out here you can earn your keep, and really the sky is the limit on what you can make off the golf course as well. Yeah, you know, the PGA Tour uh, does the heavy lifting. It goes out and finds the sponsors for the tournaments. It negotiates TV deals. That generates revenue streams that drives up, that drives up the prize money. TV exposure makes the endorsement deals for the players valuable because the companies want to see those logos on your shirt sure. and your hat on TV screens. Uh, they organize the charitable component of it. They've come up with the FedEx Cup bonus. The PGA Tour players have the best pension plan of any professional athletes on the planet. Um, they staff and organize every tournament. They provide the agronomists who go in and set up the golf course. They provide the rules officials who run the tournaments. They recruit the volunteers who make the tournament happen. Uh, the Tour does all that. It's like it, it, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm, they're doing nothing out there. Uh, they're, doing, they're doing a lot. They're making this all possible for the players. Yeah, and it, it is difficult to get PGA Tour status. You have to earn your way. And they, they have created these mechanisms where people can earn their way onto the tour. And this is what I've always thought about, Ron, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. With, without a corn ferry tour or mini tours and then ultimately the PGA Tour, where are the stars created that make up the Super Tour? Where 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 did they they earn their superstar status? Ironically, yes. on the PGA Tour. Absolutely, a absolutely. That you know, it was there. And even if you even look at it, the European Tour is really a sure. feeder tour to the PGA Tour now. I mean, yes, this is this is where their status was made. And if you go back to the guy who was who was behind the original this original idea twenty five years ago, Greg Norman. That's where he got that. That's where everybody got to know him from. Was from the PGA Tour events and those TV deals. The TV deals are so so valuable to the players because, like I said, that's that's why if a corporation is going to pay you three million dollars, four million dollars a year to wear your logo on their uh, 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 on your shirt, 
they're going to want more out of you than a corporate outing for the year. They want you to be in the top ten, to be on TV on the weekend and showing that, that, that logo out there. So the tour provides all those opportunities. And I'm glad you mentioned the Corn Ferry Tour because that's another thing the PGA Tour applies. The Corn Ferry Tour is a feeder tour where you can make a decent living now out there. You can make several hundred thousand dollars a year. And let's not forget PGA Tour champions, the old senior tour. Yes. You know, that's an annuity for these guys. You know, they can go boom right into that and make a good living out, out there. They're really providing... Uh, they're providing a revenue stream from players from, from the age of 20 to the age of 70. And then beyond that, and we, we don't yeah. have a ton of time left, but for me another thing stands out. Do you necessarily want to be doing business with the Saudis? Well, that's the, that, that's the whole other thing, and, and, and there have been some players who have uh, um, – who've pointed that out and 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 have stood up to that and and you know and and sort of said this might not be the best time to be to be doing deals with them um, i expect this they've done one thing smart they've created an alliance with the asian tour now what that does is is the asian tour gets world golf ranking points so anybody who goes and plays on this saudi tour because it's sanctioned by the asian tour can can make it into the top 50 of the world rankings that gets you into a major championship. So they could get blocked out of PGA Tour events, but they can't get blocked out of the major championships. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's going to continue to get second-tier players and players who, as I said, have the bulk of their career in their rearview mirror. Yeah. Well, uh, Ron, congrats on getting that round in on a 50-degree day. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a while here in the upper Midwest by the looks of the forecast. Well, it's, uh, I'm looking, I'm going to, uh, going to Florida the first week of March for the World Golf Hall of Fame induction, which Tiger Woods is going into. And, oh, Tim Fincham, by the way, who's one of the people who, who generates a lot of wealth for players. And then after that, first week of April's the Masters. It's my 33rd Masters. Well, uh, always great to, to visit with you, Ron, and uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Talk to you down the road, my friend. All right, there he is, Ron Syrak, a contributor at Golf Channel, uh, author, and uh, golf journalist extraordinaire. Good enough to join us with some thoughts on Riviera and that Saudi Super Tour. Quick break, we'll put a wrap on things. Late night coming up following the news at 9 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Kevin O'Connell on board, met the media today. We talked a lot about it on the program and, of course, Senator Roger Chamberlain, a Republican from Lionel Lakes, about sports gambling, uh, potentially coming to Minnesota. Ron Syrak, uh, a contributor to Golf Channel, joining us. Uh, big thanks to those. Big thanks to Chris Tubbs. Uh, we said earlier in the program, little tidbit, not very good news on the MLB front, but that could be changing, Chris Tubbs. Yeah, just saw something from uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN, and he said, while exact plans are not finalized, the MLB and MLBPA intend to hold multiple bargaining sessions perhaps every day as early as Monday. Multiple owners and players expected to fly in for sessions leading up to MLB's stated February 28th deadline. And then we can talk about what the Twins are going to do to fill out their starting rotation. That would be great. Jay Happ and uh, uh, Matt Shoemaker, anybody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to dig into that. You know, what's this club going to look like in twenty twenty? Kenta Maeda starting opening day. Uh, my sources he, tell me. Yeah, may, maybe available late in the year. Yeah. Uh, Henry Lake coming up on late night after the news. Henry, uh, 
What do you got coming up on the big show tonight? Well, we'll talk Vikings, clearly, because the yep. big news of the day is Kevin O'Connell. Uh, and then we'll also talk Minnesota Wild. Dame Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press will join us. Matthew Collar as well. Yeah, another clunker from the Wild against the Winnipeg Jets. That's not good. I want to hear uh, about Tim- the Olympic shootout. I want to ask him about that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Lake, late night coming up. Uh, once again, big thanks to Chris Tubbs. Big thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Steve Thompson sitting in for Mike Max. I'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, we'll talk Timberwolves. We'll talk MLB and more Vikings. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.